Hey everybody, we're back for another segment of Bookends. Uh, I was gone last week, got a little uh, R&R, headed to California, watched the Cubs and Dodgers play. Not a good outcome, but uh, anyway, we're back at it. He's Jason, this is our buddy Teaser, I'm Chucky. We're going to talk about uh, pro basketball first. I mean, the uh, the conference finals have been fun. Um, there's been a lot of uncertainty, and I think the, the biggest thing, Jay, I mean, not only from the, the guests on the other side of the counter, but from our end, has been this year has been marred with injuries. It started with Anthony Davis, and then uh, Kawhi Leonard, and then Trey Young, and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, you've got major stars that are impacting games, series, point spreads, totals, money lines there's just a lot of uncertainty that's been going on right now yeah it's uh who's who can get through it unscathed and uninjured right. and as at this the point, phoenix suns the phoenix suns yeah um i think that uh, obviously Kawhi going out uh, gave the suns the leg up there um and the minutes that were being put on uh paul george and some of those other guys for the clippers just ended up uh being too taxing um as they played through the series and we saw the suns able to uh to knock them out uh, in la last night and they'll be sitting there waiting in the nba championship to see um who they get whether it's milwaukee or atlanta Anna, and obviously, and will it be with Giannis or Trey Young? Yeah, I think that's we, a big part of it. Sit here today. We we don't know if Giannis is uh, going to be able to come back here for Game Five, and Trey Young is um, walking around with his hobbled foot. So uh, both of their kind of two leading men on both of those teams are are banged up, and we'll uh, let the Suns get a little bit more rest. Obviously, as we're only in Game Five to see um, how that game ends up um, and uh, and roll from there. I know from a from a future book uh, right. liability standpoint, um, knocking out some of the the better teams for us. Um, I think Milwaukee is who we, uh, from our side of the counter, are, are probably Milwaukee Bucks um, fans. But uh, with Giannis being out, uh, it could be a, a good future book for guests on the other side right. of the counter with both the Suns and the Hawks, um, as I know there's a significant liability on both those teams. Um, obviously not expected uh, middle-of-the-pack type teams um, to, to not be in the in the finals. And obviously the Suns, um, this, is, uh, this has been a long time since the Suns have been right. um, in this type of situation. And uh, a big uh, you know, uh, season um, coming in, into COVID in the bubble when they came back into the bubble and they uh, they almost got, made, they went, were undefeated went, went undefeated right. in the yep. bubble and just missed getting into the playoffs and and then the acquisition of Chris Paul and they've uh, you know ran with uh, the ability to to knock these other teams off that have suffered um, some injuries throughout the playoffs. Right, and you said the Suns have been the most healthy. I think you know Chris Paul has made such a difference there. Just what a, a leader he's been both in the locker room and on the court, and really helped. Um, settle that young team. Book's been unbelievable. Um, I, I know, like you talked about the futures. Uh, our colleague uh, Bert Serencion loves to say with the Bucks, fear the deer. But without Giannis, I, I just don't know if they can win that series or not. Um, There's no, no structural damage, so there's a chance. He's definitely out of, of the next game, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's been fun to watch. I remember we talked about it probably about three weeks ago, and we were looking at it saying, you know, everyone's thinking Nets, Lakers. If they stay healthy, they could be on a collision course. And I remember if we, if we roll the tape back, that we actually talked about. Don't be surprised if there's two surprise teams from each conference that actually make the NBA Finals, and it looks like that's what we're going to see this year. Yeah, again, I think we, if you go back, rewind that tape, I think we said the West, um, we, we right. did expect yeah. the unexpected in the West. Um, this Phoenix Suns team, we talked about the Jazz, uh, but the Clippers and Lakers, um, you know, they were the dominant team, and, and I just didn't see it uh, this year. Now, on the East, I, I was dead wrong. I, I said it was the Nets. I thought same. the Nets they would were be healthy. there the whole time. The uh, but again, they, but they, they weren't suffered. healthy either. Yeah. They right. suffered the, the yep. injuries, both Harden and Kyrie not playing. Um, 
And yeah, this is going to be interesting. Again, you have two teams, uh, both the Hawks and uh, Bucks, that aren't particularly healthy. I don't know if Trey Young, even if he comes back um, to finish out this season and finish out um, if they were able to knock off the Bucks and, and go into the Suns in the championship, how healthy that foot is truly going to be, um, or is he just going to kind of push through right. and try and play on it? And and you know you can't can't pass up playing in the championship. So he's just going to have to muscle through and play through that. And obviously that's not what uh, what you want to do or see a guy playing less than 100 percent in this on this stage. I, I think it's interesting from the NBA side is that although they have a salary cap, it's it's not a hard cap like you get both in pro football and, and especially in hockey. It's kind of a soft cap with the luxury tax there. But when you lose a star player and you're so top-heavy, Lakers had so much invested in LeBron and Anthony Davis, the Nets had so much invested in those three, that when you're missing a guy or two, it just really impacts because you don't have that same supporting cast. You're kind of piecemealing that together a bit. And I think we saw that with the Nets and Lakers this year. When you lost a big piece of that, they just didn't have the supporting cast to compete. Well, the Hawks... Um, obviously, the game five or game four without Trey right. came out and and really blew Milwaukee, uh, you know, out of the water. More balanced right? though on that team. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a, a Hawks uh, next man up mentality. Hey, Trey Young's out. Let's go out and and uh, you know beat the world here. Or if if the Bucks just didn't show up, knowing that you know Trey Young was out, they they went from uh, a six and a half point favorite, the Bucks on the road, a six and a half point favorite um, with Trey Young questionable, all the way to a nine right. point favorite with him out and that was the uh, NBA history that's the second biggest upset um of, a, of an NBA favorite in, in NBA history in the playoffs. Um, Giannis so, did go out in that game, yeah, went out, they already were down yeah, double digits. But, right. uh, yeah, they, the Bucks just didn't show up. So, you see, and again, when they were at home after losing game one, uh, you know, they blew Atlanta out. So this has really been a... a, a a series of big swings and big games and kind of maybe who who's motivated and who's not. But uh, I think both teams will be motivated as we go into game uh, five here and essentially we're in a three-game series. Yeah, you touched on it, though. The betters really liked the Hawks going into the postseason. I mean, I think in the last month of the season, we started to see some play in the Hawks. We knew that the East was, was kind of unbalanced with the Nets, but if anything crazy happened with those injuries, the Hawks were kind of the team they liked the best. Uh, the Suns drew some future book action as well, but nothing like the Hawks did. Uh, betters who have the Hawks right now are definitely smiling um, with Giannis out, especially if Trey Young can come back at all. Yeah, I wanted to know who had Biff Tannen's uh, <laughs> book from Back to the Future because uh, we took a, took a lot of Hawks money uh, as they were down 2-1 to one, uh, with potentially uh, Trey Young the out. The same we guy took, who had Montreal yeah, to, took, win, to win the, took, the hockey. Took some uh, Hawks uh, money that conference. And, and, uh, right. and now Giannis goes down, so he's sitting pretty yep, from that standpoint. Uh, with that said, we're going to jump over to hockey. I guess you could say a little bit the same thing with hockey. As surprising as uh, the Suns have been, um, we haven't really had a segment since the Knights got eliminated by the Canadians. I know they're down in this series. They lost the two games in, in Tampa, but same thing. This Montreal team, just with young talent and Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, and you've got some veteran leadership there in Toffoli and, and Corey Perry and Weber, and then of course you've got Carey Price between the pipes. They've surprised everybody as well. I mean, the last Canadian team um, to win the Stanley Cup was the 1993 Montreal Canadiens. Nobody expected them to be there. Um, they're down 2-0 in this series, but in the next game, in Game 3, you go to Montreal. This is going to be the first time that they are playing in front of all their fans. It's not limited to 3,500. They're going to have an arena full of fans. We see this fan base outside the stadium. They're crazy. It's going to be interesting to see how this series kind of plays out as well. But Tampa has just looked like the big bad lightning. I mean, they are just big, strong. Vasilevsky has played great. They're one of the preseason favorites to, to repeat or, or win the cup against this surprise Montreal team. But Tampa looks really good right now. Yeah, take a 2-0 lead. Uh, we just finished up game two. I thought Montreal was the better team. 
team on the ice, uh, really controlled the puck, dominated the shots, uh, just weren't able to put it uh, past Vasilevsky. Uh, and this Tampa team is, you know, they can do it on both sides. They, they can, can be a high-scoring team or they can play um, incredible defense. Uh, I think that uh, leading through here through the Cup Finals, they've closed out every series with a shutout. So they, they, have, they have that ability um, to be stone-cold on defense. and They can um, win game 7-1, and they've won, like you said, uh, the closeout games 1-0, 2-1, very yeah, low-scoring and, and games. And Mo- Montreal's got to get you know grindy they're they're doing what they're doing they're 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 causing the ruckus after the play and we're seeing some penalties on high sticks and nastiness and Corey perry kind of really doing what he does but he does best and and, you know uh gallagher you know the same thing and so um you know they get their coach back for game three who's missed with and missing with covid um we go up to montreal but i think that they've this is a i mean this is the this is the series they have to win this game they have to win this game or or uh, you can write them off and um again Kudos to Montreal and what they were able to pull off in, in beating the Knights. Um, I just don't think that uh, Montreal beat the Golden Knights that we followed all year long. I think that, again, uh, watching the Knights have to go uh, struggle to beat Minnesota and then play what, again, I refer to as the Stanley Cup final uh, between them and the Avalanche um, and then have to bounce back and, and play Montreal. So I, I really think that just the, the format of the conferences and the way things were built right. this year was really unfortunate for both Colorado and Vegas, who were clearly the the best two teams um, playing each other. And so it was like playing a Stanley Cup final and then having to come play right. a, a back to a first round matchup against Montreal. And um, Montreal just got the, the the gift of that scheduling, and the Knights, uh, I think their legs were dead. And um, so I, I think Montreal. Uh, kind of somewhat backdoored their way in the final, and, and that's why we're kind of sitting here watching the Lightning up 2-0 um, in kind of a, a dominant fashion, although I think, think Montreal did play well in Game 2, and, and we'll see what goes from here. And we do already, uh, obviously, with our love of the Golden Knights right. and our, our uh, love of hockey, we've already got up the uh, odds to win next year's Stanley Cup. The Lightning and Avalanche, Avalanche right. are the uh, are the favorites there, with the Knights being the third choice at six to one. And we introduce a, a new franchise into the future book of the, the Kraken. Seattle Kraken, right? Um, who we opened up two hundred to one, uh, the longest shot on the board. Uh, very similar to um, what the Knights were when they uh, their inaugural season. Although I think we had them much much higher. So uh, we don't have any players named for the Kraken yet, but uh, you can get those uh, inaugural tickets on uh, the Kraken to win the Stanley Cup. I remember with with the Knights, we actually had uh, their point total. We had so many props up on the Knights early on in that process, thinking, hey, they'd be a kind of your traditional expansion team, and. Uh, we found out pretty quickly that uh, our fan base out here was going to back the Knights. I think they bought a lot of those tickets, as we talked about, as a souvenir and then realized by uh, around Thanksgiving, wait a minute, this team's pretty good. And uh, we, were, we were sitting with a li- lot of liability on the Knights. Don't think that'll be the case with the Kraken. I think a lot of teams kind of learned what Vegas did that year and maybe won't make the same mistake. But I just want to go back to the Knights in Montreal a little bit. I mean, you, you talk about Montreal maybe backdooring their way in, but don't forget this was a team that shouldn't even have made the playoffs. Traditional playoff form at it 24 and 21 they wouldn't even have qualified um in the eastern conference they were down 3-1 to a high-flying toronto team that is loaded with skill position players led by austin matthews had to come back in that series so uh, they did beat winnipeg in four straight so they still had a, a kind of a rough road as well but i think you look at vegas and I have to think now, three three of the last four years, or four years in the league, they, they've made trips to so-called uh, the conference finals. I know this year was a little bit different, but I have to think there's some changes there. And, and as much as I love Flurry, and I think you see more 29 sweaters uh, around town and in T-Mobile than anything else, 
can they carry close to 14 million in, in goalie salaries next year? I, I, I just don't know if that's what they do or not. And do they make some changes um, because those big guns just didn't score? You saw Stone really struggle, Marsha Shot, Smith, Carlson really struggled a lot in that series against Montreal. So I'm anxious to see what they do in the offseason as well. I, you know, you want to see a team win the Stanley Cup and, uh, you know, two diehard Chicago Blackhawk guys and and, uh, huge hockey fans. And um, I think that uh, we're a little spoiled from a Vegas Golden Knights standpoint to to what this team has done in their four years. The history is... uh, um, no, no short of spectacular. You're right, though, because people don't realize when you say spoiled, they're like, "What do you What do you mean? Be a Buffalo Sabres fan, yeah. You know, and, and go what you've gone through for for so many years of wanting that cup, and and you're absolutely right. Winning Winning championships is is incredible, and if if you compare it to a New England Patriots, you know, always in the playoffs, right. always advancing into the playoffs, and and winning Super Bowls, uh, but to have a franchise that you know is going to be in the playoffs every year has an opportunity to make a deep run in the playoffs every year and and that chance to win the Stanley Cup is really all that from a fan base that you should be asking for having that expectation that you're going to win Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup and um, continue to to do that is very very difficult in any of the major sports. If you remember that the plan was by year five you know we're not even at year five yet we're going into year five would be the year that you know we think we can be a playoff team. They, you know, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals and hosted Game 1 against the Capitals year one. So everything got fast-tracked so much differently. Uh, trading of young players like a Nick, Nick, Nick Suzuki and, and acquiring a Pacioretty or a Mark Stone or a Patangelo. I mean, that changed so quickly. The whole makeup of the team is different now. And I think our fan base and, and even us, we expect them to be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, every and single well, you're year. raising those expectations. Right. Now it's, hey, we need to win a cup. And McPhee and McCrimmon and what they've been able to do, uh, you know, again, is absolutely incredible. Incredible to bring this team and win so quickly and um you know while we say hey some pieces of this puzzle have to be answered and martinez and a couple guys right, contracts yeah. and and the goalie situation uh the core of this group is a team that is going to continue to to win in the west uh they are they're, up against the cap though so they i think they do have some difficult decisions to yeah. make as well now again it's it's all good problems to have of a team that is really built um, to continue to move forward and, and young guys that are coming up that you can see are having success. And, and obviously we'll get back to a, a traditional format in the NHL next year where we'll have an Eastern and Western Conference and not kind of these divisions. And we do get a little bit of a, a shuffle and, and move of things with uh, Seattle moving in and, right. and some other teams moving around. So um, all good things to look forward to from, a, from an NHL hockey standpoint. And again, continuing to expand that menu and, and all right. kinds of different wager types and and so uh, good stuff on the on the hockey front. Yeah, I think I just read too that Batman had said it should be an 82 game season next year and and look for the schedule to come out right after the Stanley Cup Finals with kind of a mid to late October. And we're start. hosting the All Star Game, right? 2022 so cool. All Star Game so will be here cool. yep. here in Vegas. So um, we haven't. Uh, I wouldn't say we've had a a, a huge menu from an All Star standpoint. But we I will can now. Promise you that uh, <laughs> come 2022 right. there'll be a monster uh, a monster NHL uh, All Star Game right. menu. It's definitely fun to talk about the Knights. It's a shame. I think we all thought they would be playing in the finals and them against Tampa um, from a from a record, from a right standpoint would have been crazy. I mean, just seeing what we did against uh, the Avalanche, I think our right would have been phenomenal. But uh, we're going to jump over to baseball now, guys, and we're not even at the All-Star break yet. Um, we've talked about this for the last kind of probably month. Um, the good teams are really playing good. The bad teams, not so good. 
Um, we're getting close to the trade deadline. A lot of teams are streaking both wins and losses right now. What teams are buyers and sellers? But overall, for the most part, I'd say the betters have done fairly well with baseball over the last 30 to 45 days. Yeah, and we'll start kind of in the in the West. Obviously, the Dodgers and Padres of Giants are uh, dismantling teams night after night after night. Uh, both, uh, I think the Dodgers and Padres are on a winning streak. Giants are on a actually a losing short little streak, losing right. streak here. But again, the win percentage is coming out of the West and um, much to the to the being able to beat up uh, the Colorado Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks uh, continue you know, to really struggle. With that said out west, just from like our side of it, everything that's kind of live um, from parlays or things that are going on is dumping into not only the Dodgers this year, which we normally would have, but to the Padres and Giants as well and against uh, the Rockies and Diamondbacks. So it's a little bit different where you see a lot of late huge decisions from our end of the counter. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it hasn't been fun because we haven't been cashing too many of <laughs> We're those We're staying tickets. up a lot later um, watching these scores. You know, uh, actually, we talk about uh, the West and you just, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. Just right. uh, We actually put up uh, to win the NL MVP, um, and obviously what Jacob deGrom has been doing for the Mets has been uh, no, nothing short of spectacular and one of the greatest uh, openings of a season from an ERA standpoint, uh, although he struggled and really he gave up two runs in his right. last start and really struggled. Um, but he's been absolutely fantastic. At so least he was able to pitch that game. He's, he's been the, injured so much. He's the favorite to uh, to win the NL MVP with uh, Fernando Tatis right behind him and, and Acuna. Um, I think is the third choice, and we've got uh, Castellanos for the Reds, who just had a seven RBI day a uh, couple days ago. Uh, the fourth choice, and then it's the field. So it's really those three guys. So that'll be up probably till All Star break, uh, and then we'll take that prop down. And we've done the same thing on the American League side, um, where uh, we've got Shohei Otane. Uh, Not as a pitcher, though, but, but uh, well, yeah. just to win the MVP right, yeah. again. Uh, what he, I think he's up to twenty eight homers, um, as well as what he's been doing on the mound um, with Trout being out. Um, he's the favorite. Um, from that standpoint, obviously doing both hitting and pitching, um, an incredible talent. And then uh, Vladimir Guerrero for the, the Blue Jays right. is uh, leading the league in batting average and, and RBIs, and I think right behind him in home runs. Um, so he's uh, he's your second choice in the American League. And then we went right to the field, so there's no other player listed. Right. It's just a Shohei versus Vlad versus the field. Um, so you can get a plus price on Vlad, but uh, some good stuff there. And uh, probably should have considered moving Kyle Schwarber into the NL conversation with the June that he had. I think he, he finishes off Crazy, June with right. 13 or 14 homers, something like that, in the month of June. Um, so uh, we'll watch the calendar turn here and see if Schwarber can stay hot. And Being a Cub fan, it definitely hurts, no question about yeah. it. Uh, but no, baseball's been fun. We've seen some some call ups in Wander Franco right. uh, making the call up for for Tampa. The probably the uh, you know uh, biggest name from a, a number one minor league guy talent coming right. in um, to to fill the hole there for Tampa. Um, we've seen our our Cubs uh, unfortunately struggle, but um, kind of get to this time of year where you start to ask what teams are right. buyers and what teams are sellers, and who's going to be shipped out and traded at the trade deadline, and who's going to get that uh, couple pieces of the puzzle to really solidify their. Team team right. to make that playoff run and um, I think that the Minnesota Twins one team that um, has been uh, disappointing this year definitely a seller I think um, at this yeah point. Th- I think they've got the biggest piece that might be coveted in in uh, Barrios uh, from a I, pitching I think standpoint. Nelson Cruz too I think he yep. can he's been rumored out there and, and he's a guy although more of a, the DH but he could help a lot of teams in the American League uh, if he was to go to Oakland Oakland was one of the teams that uh, has kind of shown some interest in Nelson Cruz you put him with that lineup there I think it's a really really talented lineup um, so I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the 
in the National League, you brought up Castellanos for an MVP. He can opt out. He had a, In his contract, he had after the second year, he can opt out. So he could opt out at the end of this year. So you have to wonder if Cincinnati entertains uh, dealing him as well. Trevor Story's name's been mentioned. Well, Cincinnati uh, and Chris be, Bryant. Cincinnati can still be buyers. I they mean, could. That, that lineup with India and Winker and Suarez, I mean, they've, they've really Suarez has really struggled a lot, though. Still uh, hitting the ball year. out of the park yep, with but, pretty good consistency. But I think there's some big names in the National League that could easily get moved. I think one of the one of the bigger teams that I'm kind of looking at to see what they do is the Houston Astros. I think from a from a standpoint of the um, at the plate, they're really really hitting the ball and re- could really could use a pitcher um, and solidify them. There's as not a good drummer out AL. there that they could use. Is there maybe there's one they could pick up and an AL favorite. But they they've been a team that has been absolutely uh, cashing a lot of tickets for the betters up until this coming week. They've kind of struggled um, on the road at Detroit and then. Uh, Thankfully for us, the Baltimore Orioles have been able to go into Houston and right. and uh, steal a couple games. But uh, I think the Houston Astros is a team to look for um, from the standpoint of uh, scoring a ton of runs. Um, and if they can get um, a, a little bit of a start, maybe one starting pitcher um, to add to that rotation, they become a really dangerous team. Yeah, it's fun with baseball. I mean, so much going on right now. And I think as you get closer to the trade deadline, there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking. And we'll be making some adjustments on the futures. I know the guests will be looking at that as well. But it's not just about the major sports. I mean, we've had a Euro Cup going on that had just been phenomenal. I mean, I I would say that the fan base is probably more passionate than almost any fan base out there with soccer and and just the crowds in the room and the atmosphere and the noise it's fun to see these uh these these fans out there and they're backing it with their dollars every day yeah it's um, been uh it's got a lot of action again yeah. we talk about games being at you know the early round games yep. in the group stage we're in the six uh six a.m hour and nine o'clock and noon but the the book's been packed uh you know with these people watching these countries and uh, for us it's been really really good from the betting standpoint as we've seen uh some of these High flying, uh, you know, big countries uh, right. lose games. We, you know, we saw um, Czech Republic uh, pull an upset, Ukraine uh, pull an upset. We saw the Swiss uh, take out France. Uh, Italy drew a game earlier in the tournament that was really big for us. Uh, but now we're kind of getting down to the uh, we'll call it the brass tacks. And the, <laughs> right. the, the best game coming up here is uh, Belgium versus Italy. I think that uh, both of those two teams are sitting pretty. Um, if they can, you know, get through that game, uh, they'll be the favorite to uh, to win the tournament. Um, as we've seen kind of the upsets go on here and there. And England um, sitting on the other side of that uh, with a big favorite um, over Ukraine. I think they're going into Ukraine, um, who was able to pull the upset. And again, we've had um, teams playing shorthanded. We saw both uh, uh, the Netherlands uh, go down after having to go down to, to 10 men. Um, uh, so we've seen seen some surprising upsets right. in the, um, the Euro 2020. And this is uh, kind of a, a, a prelude to uh, Olympic soccer that we're going to see. And right. obviously we'll, we've had the Copa America soccer going on at the same time um, with Brazil and Colombia and Argentina who are going to see um, those teams kind of combine with this it's Euro It's really tournament. rivaled World Cup, yep. what you see kind of in the atmosphere and, and the handle and the passionate fan base. I think it's it's second to World Cup. I mean, yeah, and, so, and at the same time we've had all similar. this going on. You've had Wimbledon uh, yep. get underway. I was just going to touch and, on that. You know, so we we just absolutely exploded the menu with Wimbledon and we put up um, all, you know, the first round matchups. So I think we had, you know, 128 uh, between the men and the women matchups and in tennis in that first day and we're doing all the in play on on the matchups so they had some rain delays those first couple days and they're right. getting themselves back to the tournament between between uh, the soccer and and Wimbledon it's been absolutely uh, fantastic uh, early morning action right. uh, on the app yeah and, and and with all that said too we've got it's not that far away we've got a huge UFC 
uh, card coming up too, which will be the trilogy uh, with with McGregor and Foyer, which should be great. I mean, in in play on that as well, um, and just a lot of good stuff going on right now. Yeah, and I've really the pushed the team. I challenged the team to find as many props as they can on on the fight in the UFC. That uh, that's July tenth. Right. Um, that fight. Um, so every day they've kind of been looking and and working on on different props, and so I think by the time we get to uh, the end of this weekend, sitting on the Fourth of July, um, go ahead and check out the app, and I think you're going to see a huge menu for the uh, for the McGregor fight. And again, obviously looking forward to it, and it makes it uh, even that much more exciting in the fact that the fight is a, is a pick'em. Right. You know, you're 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 just decide who's going to win the fight, and we're going to have so much stuff up on uh, whether it's knockouts, submissions, Trilogy's round props. Great, uh, right. Uh, again, full full menu, and uh, like you said, we'll we'll have the fight uh, in play. So between rounds, um, we will have. Uh, uh, adjusted prices up, although uh, the over under is one and a half minus a dollar seventy. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, uh, I was I, I was really surprised. I thought it was going to be more two and a half. Yeah, same. Range, I was just going to say um, yeah. with it being a trilogy yeah. and these guys feeling each other out. But again, two guys with uh, yeah. uh, a distaste for each other that uh, want to go say out there the least rip, right. rip each other's heads off. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But looking forward to that. And even before we get to July tenth, we've got a unique event uh, on Tuesday, July sixth. After right. we finish up the weekend, we get to. Uh, watch uh, DeChambeau and Rogers uh, partner up to take on Mickelson and Brady. And, and this uh, drew a tremendous handle. From yep. the time we put it up, I mean, the write on this was crazy. I think we actually had Mickelson and uh, and Brady the favorite, and it quickly went to, to DeChambeau and Rogers the favorite. So a lot of write on this. We, we, made it, we may have underestimated <laughs> Rogers' uh, golfing ability, and, and uh, I know Brady's well, He's not been, playing a lot of football right uh, now, so he's had he's had know, a chance. I know Brady's been working hard. Yeah. I, I saw I, I recently saw something out there with his the, little, the special golf balls that he talk. used, yeah. the, the Titleist right. 12 with his uh, Super Bowl <laughs> right. winnings on on the other side of him. So, but again, that should be fun. Another event to kind of fill the menu on a on a Tuesday, the the sixth. And again, we're looking to uh, add a lot of props there on who will have the lead after three holes, six holes, nine holes, twelve Great holes. Stuff. Um, you know, who will win each hole. So again, uh, you know, as we get closer to that uh, that Tuesday, look for a lot of props on the uh, the golf match. Yeah, I think the Hub guys have been doing an awesome job uh, putting all that stuff up. With all that said, I mean. Now's the time. If you don't have STN Sports, now's the time to get signed up for our mobile app. There's so many things going on early in the day to late at night. We still have up to that $100 bonus going on. You can still get that STN mobile cap for a $50 deposit. We love when you guys come in, but it really does. It brings the sports book to the palm of your hands with all this stuff going on in all these sports across the board. You know, the other thing that uh, we are starting today is uh, crazy enough that we're we're, uh, still kind of we'll call it seven, eight weeks away from football being on the board, but uh, we launched our last man standing contest uh, starting signups today. Uh, Get out there a little bit earlier, let them, uh, let everybody know that we are again doing the football contest with obviously coming out of COVID where we uh, did things a little bit differently, Um, but we're going to go back to $150,000 guarantee on the pro football contest and $100,000 guarantee on the college contest. And if you win them both? Win them both, you uh, take home a $750,000 bonus. So you'll be taking home a cool $1 million Um, if you can uh, win both the college and pro uh, last man standing. And so $25 gets you one entry. You buy four, you get a fifth entry free. Um, Turn in your selections each week. All you got to do is pick a team against the spread. As long as you win, you advance to the next week. And this has been, again, our staple. Our signature uh, contest. Our signature contest. And uh, our guests love it. So we're really, really happy to get it back on the board the way it should be with that big $150,000 and $100,000 guarantee and obviously the the big bonus. So uh, get in today. Get signed up for last man standing. Get yourself uh, ready 
ready for this year's football season. Yeah, so many cool stuff going on. I'm so glad we're doing both the college and pro again. A lot of guests have been asking about the, the college contest as well. Um, don't forget about our kiosks. We have kiosks in all of our properties. Uh, you can make mobile deposits on these kiosks. You can skip the line, not only at the station's properties, uh, the Wildfire Gaming and the El Cortez. And, you know, there's one last thing, too. It's happy 45th anniversary, Station Casinos. I mean, 45 years, guys. Uh, uh, we've been the local favorite. We're doing so many cool things across the board right now. I want to say happy birthday, Station Casinos. It's fun to be part of uh, the family and the team. And, you know, just moving forward, it's just a, a great thing right now. All of our team members are wearing those those cool 45-year anniversary T-shirts, and, uh, and we're excited about it. Yep, happy 45th, Station Casinos. All right, guys. Jason, teaser, I'm Chucky. We'll see you next week for another segment of Play.